This is episode 55 of Under the Dome Radio. Welcome back to Under the Dome Radio, the unofficial podcast by and for fans of CBS TV's Under the Dome. Wayne Henderson here. Thanks again for joining us. We have many tents with many rooms. Most are not on fire. Welcome back to Under the Dome Radio, episode 55. And I'm Troy Heinrichs. Glad to be back with you here as I figure out a new place to live because that roof is definitely not going to hold after that load-bearing pole came out. Nope, time to call the Property Brothers yet again, but that's another network, so we better leave it be. Hey, it's two more boys for Christine to play with. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's going to be the uh, the signal as we talk about kinship, the kinship tonight. And I, I don't even know where to start on this one. <laughs> well, to paraphrase Jason Bryant, listener who called in on our season premiere episode, uh, yeah, what's what the deuce <laughs> it's the barbie show now on the wb and i want my matrix life back this is just all over the map i mean that's the only way i can say it the first like five to ten minutes of every week i'm like oh this is going to be interesting and then it just i don't know what happens for the next 30 and then the last five <laughs> minutes is like holy crap what just happened and they get you back and they got to come back next week to see species Oh, wait, no, that was Marge Heldon, Marg Heldon's uh, other movie she did back in 1995. I'm sure there will be a way to tie it in. Basically, to sum it up, another week, another fire, another week, another ladder for Barbie to climb on. And uh, there you have it. Another week, another Big Jim, Julia working together, yet not working together scenario. Because next week, I'm sure she's going to hate him once again. Probably so, but... Uh... To look on the positive, on the bright, sunny side of life. The Julia and Big Jim scenes in this episode were the redeeming factors for this episode. The These were good scenes. There, there was good acting. There were things happening. In fact, I'm going to say something a little surprising. Wait, wait, wait. I'm holding on. <laughs> You're sitting down? I'm sitting down and I'm holding on. See? Because we're always raving about Dean Norris, and that's for obvious reasons. But I'll say that Rochelle Leferve, and please forgive my mispronunciation, I do not speak French, but I would say that she had the best acting of the week. In that scene, when Babs punched the wall and was arguing with her, her acting, I thought, was the highlight of the whole episode. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that wall punch, I'm scared to live in, it's not out of me, because I didn't even see it coming. That was just crazy town right there yes so let me ask you this because you said the highlight was the acting between big jim and julia i thought the highlight was negative pregnancy test the star child baby is not going to be in the picture oh wait he closes the door ever so gently so that way they will actually make a real baby now well that pregnancy test it, it could have been made by woodmore industries it could have been purchased at the 99 cent store you need more than that to really call it. I, I, I'm I'm holding out hopes that what that pregnancy set test says is true and we can go by that. But I don't know. Like Hank Davis, listener said uh, on a season premiere, since almost nobody wants it to happen, it's going to happen. I love how we got to go back, walking hand in hand, through the fire-torched crop fields from good old Rebecca Pine 
Like, oh, there was an infestation and we lost all the crops. No, you didn't. <laughs> he blowtorched the place, man. Don't you remember? I miss the science teacher. Rebecca Pine, bring her back. Bring uh, back I Maxine Carla- as well. No doubt. I saw Carla Chrome on Twitter tonight. Hopefully she was enjoying the episode. Really? Oh, okay. <laughs> so the interesting stuff. Let's talk about the interesting stuff. Okay. Let's hear what you're thinking, Troy. Share so, it with us. So our dome provoking question from last week was what's Big Jim going to find when he and Bud, yes, we're calling him Bud, the dog, when they get to the island. And sure enough, they actually find what we thought was going to happen, which was soldiers coming in behind Dale Barbara in the opening to then set up camp under the dome. And there's our good buddy Malik without his Panasonic tough book, unfortunately, but he's uh, got some new friends with him. And this seems to be very interesting because are they testing them for radiation? Are they testing them for alien DNA? What are they running tests on? And why are they so excited about the egg other than Acteon wanting it for a power source? There has to be more to that story. There definitely has to be more than just a power source. I don't know where they're leaning with it other than I think the alien angle is going to tie in somehow. But I have a feeling that if and when Acteon actually does get the egg, it's going to spell doom for all of them. Okay, so if you're watching us right now on YouTube on the West Coast, avert your eyes for a minute. Not because we look terrible or anything. But <laughs> we have voices made for radio. That we do. Uh, the big reveal tonight, obviously, was when she was having her sex-crazed cougar fit with Junior at the end. And you see the vision of the alien in the alien video screen technology. So we have to talk about this egg download from the GoPro camera and why Melanie didn't get all of the download. People are confused. Like, Melanie touched the egg first, so how come uh, Marge is the one that's got it if she was this archaeologist or anthropologist or whatever she was for Acteon? And I think the answer to that question is is that because Melanie died during the download, the download never fully completed, but she was half alien, half human, where Christine is 100% alien. I think you're probably onto something there, Troy. They should have used a different download method. She should have had something like, you know, BitTorrent or FTP somehow so that just having it interrupted isn't going to kill the whole process. And now she rests in peace. How long before she comes back to life again? Oh, I don't, I think she's done. I don't think she's coming back. Because once you get killed by an alien, you out. Oh, okay. So it's only if you get killed by an alien, you're not coming back. That's right. That's right. Oh, okay. (laughs) So... We have, of course, the Scooby gang. We got uh, Joe going back to his normal creativity, sciencey type stuff, trying to build some solar batteries. That's kind of cool. I like I like old Joe. Old Joe reminds me of the book. I like Junior giving orders, except the big one tonight was when he was like, my team, my rules, get out of here. And I was like, oh, that sounds like dad. Watch yourself there, son. It did very much did bring back that he's the same Rennie, the... Uh... Apple doesn't fall from the tr- very far from the tree. And if this is some sort of cycle, maybe it's all played out before and Junior's going to turn into the new Big Jim Rennie for Chester's Mill 3.0 or something like that. I don't know. And then, of course, we have the Hori, as some people were putting it out on Twitter. <laughs> the Hunter and Nori kissy face, uh, skinny dipping, just so we could see uh, Max's shirt off. How stupid! I swear this show is now on the WB or maybe even MTV. Because 
I was really digging the final scene. It was like, Nori, you're back. That's that's you. I missed you. And then they start making out. And then they're like, do you have a condom? And I was like, I couldn't believe they said that on TV. And then it just kept going on with the scene. It's like, we get the point. We understand. Get off of it. Move on. Go to something else. If if you added all of those scenes of that type together, I think that was 10 or 15 minutes of wasted airtime that we could talk more about the egg, the spaceship, Acteon, anything, and how and where when you go into the red door in Zenith, at what point does it become water before you come out of the lake? And oh. If they happen to find the actual exact spot, can they go back the other way? Well, the more important question there is that Acteon logo, isn't it really convenient that it looks like a little person that isn't really a person holding the world in their hands like an alien would hold a world in their hands? Maybe the Acteon people aren't really on the up and up either from a humanistic perspective. I have a feeling they're not, but you're, you're right. That's definitely an interesting catch on the logo there. Not to mention the fact that we found out that I think it was Christine that went to the University of Zenith. You know, go obelisks. Oh, yeah. And just for the record, for everybody out there, I have Christine's recorder right here. <gasps> so everybody can see it. What was she recording on that before you got it? I don't know. I erased the SD card to record the episode this evening. So I don't know. Very wise. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love seeing that uh, Roland R05 up on the screen. Oh, I was a news reporter at one point. That's my recorder. I was like, I don't know if you were too much of a news reporter. That that was pretty surprising that it actually was Julia's to begin with, because I was under the impression that it was Christine's the whole time. But no, Christine's a thief and a, a liar and a manipulator, and Ava's just kind of going along for the ride, I guess. You forgot the most important one. What's Cougar. that? Cougar. <laughs> that. It was borderline creepy uh, in more than one scene. Yes, I, I, I can see how maybe it would fit for Sam, but the Joe thing was like, ooh, she touched his lips. I'm a little weirded out now. <sighs> Time to call Child Protective Services. And then we kind of, got uh, Uncle Sam as well. Stop yeah. it, people. Now, Sam, I thought, was an interesting conversation because he's doing the support group. And it's this, this thing that they always talk about in AA about how you shouldn't actually have like, you know, other AA unless they've been clean for a long time, you know, get into relationships and support other people in AA because this is exactly what happens. And I guess it was our fault. We made too many drinking, drinking games on Twitter <laughs> and now Sam fell off the wagon. And she was way off the wagon. I, and thinking about it from the perspective of Stephen King's novel Under the Dome, it's kind of surprising that we finally see somebody close to death, but it's just some red shirt character. It's nobody major like in the book. I know. And then she's like suffocating and she just, she, her body's not even like wiggling enough for how long she was hanging up there. That that was just really, really weird. But Yeah. I don't, I don't know if she was like hanging, like, like doing chin-ups or something in order to get herself up there. That was yeah. weird to me. But I'm glad that Uncle Sam was able to save her. Yes, yes. We don't need much more deaths because I'm sure death will be coming for the Dome soon enough. Um, Barbie this week, he's jumping over fire. He's saving kids from burning tents. He's punching walls. He's uh, trying to go sledding under the Dome without any snow. <laughs> and I love how the bar on the grain mill was just so 
perfectly placed for him to grab on so he could avoid the rake at the end. <laughs> it was like, oh, watch out. Don't fall on that sharp thing. <laughs> no, no, no. We've been told about those. What I found uh, interesting, and it had nothing to do with the plot or anything, but what and what was that, a silo or? Yeah, grain mill. Because uh, we store. don't have very many of those here in Southern California. I'm sure there are some out in the valley, but they're looking up, and it's not all that big of a grain mill. And they're looking in the hole, which takes up, you know, a good portion of the roof. But when they're looking at it from the inside out, it's like this tiny little hole. I don't know. The per perspective of the shot just confused me. And Troy, to be honest, it took me out of the moment. Hey, you know what? All I was thinking was cattle feed for dinner, move over bacon. Now there's something not so meteor. <sighs> Man, I miss the good old days with Ollie Dinsmore and I know whoever would have thought we would have missed rain under the dome. I'm I'm excited to see some natural disaster at this point. What else could there be? I mean, there's been just about every type. And for me, even though they kind of previewed it with the uh intro, which is now voiced by Big Jim, the fact that we're gonna see our friends from Acteon Energy again. But I admit to being surprised when he was actually they threw the hood over his head and captured him. But it was good to see that he was able to escape the very next scene or two. You know, he he is Big Jim, and he always has a plan. Yeah, I was really shocked, too, that the acting guy shot his own man. Because I, I kind of liked Malik. Malik was interesting last season. And boom, he's gone that quickly. So who's going to send messages from across the water now with Morse code on their flashlights? That's a great question. Somebody's going to have to do it. And then maybe, it'll be, maybe it'll be Aaron Arnett Jr. on his uh, ham radio. That would be awesome. He he makes some great calls from old-timey radio. That was good stuff. Well, I, I think we're going to save the rest of this for tomorrow night. we got to hear a lot of stuff from you guys because you guys have to have stuff to either talk about, complain about, or something because this episode was all over the map. I do like where they're setting it up for the future because this is the pre-Comic-Con episode. The Comic-Con panel was today. Uh, the same night that this recorded, same night this aired, July 9th in the States. And they also had a press room uh, round robin where it was Neil, Tim, Colin Ford, Marge, and uh, Mike Vogel. And hopefully we'll get some information from that panel. We got some people on the ground there in San Diego. So if we get any of that information, we'll share it on the full episode Saturday when it comes out. That's a great idea, Troy. Because from what we've seen so far, it seems like um, Marge and Vogel are the actual writers of this season. They very well could be, you know, I just, I'm just really curious to find out how many of Marge's movies we can knock off throughout <laughs> the course of the season. We had Tommy knockers last week. We have species this week. If you can, here we go. We're going to have a game predict which Marge Helgenberger movie is going to be ripped off next week on under the dome. We could definitely do that because the scenes where Acteon had Big Jim tied up and they had their little lab, it kind of sort of seemed like it could have been a CSI type of thing. Oh, good eye, good eye. That's a bit of a stretch, but still, you know, there was plastic hanging from the ceiling. Now, the rule is, is that she has to be in the scene. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so she was in the scene looking at the moon just like she was in Tommy Knockers. Then she was in the scene having sex like the alien species did in Species. <sighs> now, I do want to bring up a question i know we talked about it last week and even though it wasn't necessarily touched on too much in this week's episode 
I'm still wondering, do we have any further theories of why was everybody staring at the moon? And did they really just stand there and stare at the moon almost all night? If so, why? And, it, you know, what's behind that? Is something on the moon or is somebody bouncing signals off the moon? What is going on? I want to hear folks' theories. Give us a call at plus one nine zero four four six nine seven four six nine or visit underthedomeradio.com slash feedback. We need to hear your theories because last week our full discussion episode had a cornucopia of listener feedback and we know that it can be topped even better this week with just an outstanding amount of theories and thoughts that can help steer us into what is really going on in Chester's Mill. Yeah, this is our initial thoughts tonight and then literally the show tomorrow is all about you all. We actually included a red record button right on the website on the right-hand side you can use your computer or your smartphone. Uh, you'll be prompted to download the SpeakPipe app for your smartphone if you do it that way. And it literally, you could send in a voicemail, boom, just like that. And it sounds awesome. We want to hear your stuff. 40 minutes of listener feedback last week. Wow. We have to top that. A full hour show of listener feedback would be epic. And I'm sure there's a ton of it that could come on of this week's show. So get your calls in. Again, 8 p.m. Eastern is the cutoff tomorrow, Friday, July 10th. If you are calling in for episode number 56, we want to hear from you. Again, plus one, 904-469-7469. Moon operators are standing by. Oh, I mean dome operators. The dome operators are on the moon because we can pay them less when they're over there. Oh, offshore, offshore. Yes. Okay. All uh, right. Well, that'll do it for this week there, Sir Wayne. Anything else you want to add? No, just be sure to uh, keep uh, Whoppers. They're not a sponsor, but they come in handy when you're watching and talking about Under the Dome. And I'm looking forward to the listener thoughts and theories because last week's there was some very surprising stuff. I loved it. That is too. I am at Troy Heinrichs. You can follow me on Twitter there. And I'm at Wayne Henderson. You can follow me there. All right. We'll see you guys on Saturday. Get those calls in. Talk to you soon. Under the Dome Radio. Under the Dome Radio is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Get more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Get organized in your personal and professional life, laugh with our clean comedy, theorize over great television shows, and so much more, all waiting for you at noodle.mx.